0: Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week four, day four of our study of Galatians and Colossians. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Galatians 4, 21-27. Welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start? Jesus, we want to know you through your word today. Reveal yourself in your word. In your name we pray. Amen. With that, let's go ahead and jump into God's word. I'll be reading today from the NIV. This is Galatians 4, starting in verse 21. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. All right, let's break this down just a little bit, right? He's saying, All right, now he's now he's acting a, a little bit irritated, right? But he's he's going down this bunny trail here. He's like, All right, all right, you want to live by the law, let's let's talk about this, let's do this. You want to live by the law. I'm a Pharisee, I'm an expert of the law, we'll go there, right? So he's like, "Hey, listen. Abraham had two sons, right? He had two sons, had one by the the slave woman and one by Sarah. Right? Now, Sarah took her slave woman and gave him to Abraham. Abraham had relations with her and they bore a son. And that's what he's called that's what he's saying. This is according to the flesh. There's no magic here, right?" This woman was young, of age, everything's working. She got pregnant just as anyone else in human history would get pregnant. It just, it it works, right? This is according to the flesh. Sarah, right, she has already gone way past childbearing age. Way past childbearing age. She has already gone through all of... The, the things that happen when you can no longer bear children anymore. And she knows it. She knows that she's postmenopausal, And so <clears throat> there's no way for her to have a child. The slave woman, right? No one's like, oh, how did this happen? Right? It's, it's like, a, I mean, Abraham's old, right? But it's like an old guy who goes and and marries a you know twenty five year old or whatever. I mean, it's like, it's it's a little odd at times, but no one's asking. Oh, how does this work? Um, right. So that's that's the according to the flesh. That's what he's talking about. But this child, he's saying, right? She's born. The child is born under this woman who is a slave. The other child was born according to divine promise. Sarah. God comes to her and promises she will have a son. Isaac is born through Sarah. Isaac is the one that's born through the divine promise, right? She's past childbearing age. This is not humanly possible. Everyone looks at this and says, this is a miracle because this doesn't happen. This isn't possible. This, this, like, this isn't a thing, And so one of these people, Ishmael, is born according to the flesh. Isaac is born supernaturally, according to this promise. Verse 24. These things are being taken figuratively. The women represent two covenants. One covenant is Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children pausing right there okay so understanding the context that we're reading this Paul is talking to early first century New Testament Christians um, but he's he's giving them this this context from this uh, and he's saying you know what I'm doing here is I'm I'm figuratively taking these two children right? These two women are representing the two covenants. The first covenant is the one given on Mount Sinai, the law of Moses, right? So that's that's what he's saying, <laughs> catching up to speed here. The, the slave woman, Hagar and Ishmael, he's saying they represent the bondage, the slavery that comes from the law of Moses that was given on, on Mount Sinai. And he's saying Jerusalem today, right now, when he's saying this, now this is not true now. because 70 AD, 150 AD, Jerusalem's leveled. Jerusalem's no longer offering sacrifices. There's no more priests and Levites in Jerusalem. All of this stuff is not going on anymore. All of the daily and annual sacrifices, it's not happening. But at the time Paul's writing this, it's still going on. And so he's saying, even right now, Jerusalem is in slavery, right? There's still... Doing all the sacrifices, even though Jesus has come, even though the veil was torn from top to bottom, uh, and on top of that, they're under the slavery; they're under the thumb of the Roman Empire. So, for all these reasons, at this moment that he's writing this, <clears throat> excuse me, all of these things are true. And so he's saying, uh, you know, Mount Sinai, and 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 just as a little bunny trail, Paul says a very interesting thing here. And and the the Hebrew or the the excuse me the Greek here can um, it can be a, a, a little bit ambiguous uh, without going into too much detail here. But the there's some ambi- ambiguity in the language, the original language here. But it is it is no nothing ambiguous that almost everyone translates this Mount Sinai in Arabia <clears throat> did a series on the book of Exodus several years ago, a uh, podcast and video series on the book of Exodus. I encourage you to check that out. One of the the interesting things we got to do is we got to have some interviews, um, one interview, important interview in particular with uh, Joel Richardson, and he's a guy that's done extensive research on this. And this is something that that is um, relatively new, uh, but, but not... Just because it's new doesn't make it wrong. Let me say that, but uh, this has been thrown around for a long time. Mount Sinai in Arabia, Paul says this in the book of Galatians, most people understand Mount Sinai to be on the Sinai Peninsula. It was named the Sinai Peninsula because they believe Mount Sinai was there. In reality, uh, all of the physical and biblical evidence points to Mount Sinai not being in the Sinai Peninsula. It points to it being in Saudi Arabia. What it, it, Arabia, we call it Saudi Arabia right now, but it was Arabia back then. It's Arabia now, the Arabian Peninsula, the northwest corner of the Arabian Peninsula to be specific. Um, that's where Mount Sinai actually is. And interestingly enough, the Saudis know this, and they are actually right now in the process of turning The Mount Sinai region into a pilgrimage site for Jews and Christians. And that is a huge course change for the Saudis because for the longest time, I mean, there's places in Saudi Arabia, like Mecca, that Christians, Jews, anyone non-Muslim, you're not even allowed to enter. And uh, the Saudis, they see the oil money running out and they need to replace that with something else kind of like dubai and other places have and so they are looking at tourism and finance and all these other things and so they are actively working on building up tourism that points toward mount sinai as a a, a pilgrimage site for christians and Jews. And that, I mean, both of those, right, allow like inviting Christians and Jews into Saudi Arabia, that's going to be a a very, very big change. Um, But it's something they've known for a very long time. It's very clear throughout scripture. Paul says it here. It's in Arabia. Um, Maps in Bibles will eventually change. Mount Sinai, I don't say super definitive things very often, but uh, Mount Sinai is not actually in the Sinai Peninsula. That's a misnomer of a name. Mount Sinai is in Arabia, just like Paul says here. All right, Bunny Trail, back to what we're talking about, right? He's using these two children, these two women figuratively. And um, <clears throat> I encounter people all the time, like, you know, you can only take scripture, uh, the the main and plain, the literal grammatical interpretation. And yes, we should always base everything that we know from scripture on literal grammatical meaning, like we take it at its word. We, we believe what it's saying and it's saying what it's meaning. Um, there's people that they want to say, well, you know, Jesus didn't really die. It wasn't a historical thing. And, and they get into this like super hyper criticism of scripture and the text, texts and all that kind of stuff. And they get into all these weird figurative interpretations and they say, well, you know, what really, what this really saying is that, you know, we have to find redemption somehow, but Jesus wasn't a real person. He didn't really die and he didn't take away our sins. And, and so it's like, we take all this figuratively. No, 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 no. We, we start with the main and plain literal grammatical interpretation, understanding what is scripture telling us. That's what it means. That doesn't mean that there can't be figurative aspects of it. That doesn't mean that we can't make figurative points, right? Just because people go off the deep end, excuse me, and they say that, you know, the Bible is really only figurative and it's not true and all this kind of stuff, it doesn't mean that we throw out the baby with the bathwater just because there are people that go to that extreme doesn't mean that you can't have literal grammatical that the Bible is saying what it means and means what it says, but you can also have these kind of figurative and mystical understandings. You can have them both. You really can. And that's what Paul is doing here. We're looking at literal grammatical, main and plain, plus a, a figurative explanation, if you will, to you know, make this more clear. Verse 26. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Shout for joy and cry aloud, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. I find this a little bit interesting because Paul says that, you know, the Jerusalem here is a slave, but the Jerusalem above is free. This is a very interesting thing because John in the book of Revelation, actually sometime later than this, is going to explain that there is a Jerusalem that is going to descend from heaven and be planted on earth, and that will be the eternal city, and its name is Jerusalem for all of eternity. Now it's this crazy, huge cube thing that's kind of hard to wrap your mind around how big it is. We did a series on the book of Revelation. I encourage you to check that out. But um, it actually exists. It's there and it's going to come down. Jesus says, hey, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Uh, He wasn't kidding. He's preparing a place and this city is going to come down at some point. But it's interesting that Paul says that there's a Jerusalem above, right? Right. Um, may, the revelation that John receives is on the island of Patmos after he's been exiled there. It's more than likely that he didn't have interaction with Paul and it's probably after this time period when John receives that revelation. But Paul has already received some kind of revelation at this point that there is a Jerusalem above. There's a heavenly Jerusalem. And Paul is telling us that, right? There's a Jerusalem that's above. But there's a physical Jerusalem on the ground right now in Israel. It's a city called Jerusalem. It's under bondage. It, it, at the moment that Paul is saying this, right? They're under the Roman Empire's thumb. He's saying they're still doing the sacrifices. They still haven't accepted Jesus. And they're under Rome. It's They're slaves. <clears throat> but there is a Jerusalem above that's free. I love the fact that he's he's got that revelation. And then he's saying, you know, going back to this... Uh, figuratively looking at, at Hagar and Sarah, he's saying, <clears throat> you know, be glad, barren woman, whose Sarah was barren at that point. Um, You know, shout for joy, cry aloud, because your children are going to be more than the one who has born children, right? This supernatural, mystical thing is going to happen, and you're going to have more children than the woman who did have children. You barren, desolate woman, you're going to have more children than the one who actually had them. And so Paul is saying, this is what applies to us. saying, I want to be part of the heavenly Jerusalem, not the one that's here on the ground and is part of this slavery that's going on that you are putting yourself back into bondage to. Even though he's not saying it, he's specifically thinking of the temple and all the sacrifices, all the things that are going on. to make atonement for all of our failures at living up to the law and saying, none of that's needed anymore because we have Jesus, but you're putting yourself back into that, back into that system, back into bondage and slavery. Don't do that. For the 10-week Bible study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time.